Hello, everyone. This is Rico. Hello there. Hello. <laughs> I'm doing my uh, Chris Clemente Lando impression. Hello. What do we have here? I can't do it as well as Chris. So, Hey, folks. This is Rico, and this is Trex in Sci-Fi, uh, your weekly dose of geeky goodness. Uh, it is sort of, in the U.S., still a holiday weekend. Black Friday has come and gone. <laughs> I don't know. I didn't go out. I, I haven't. I haven't barely been out since Thanksgiving. Uh, I went out and cut my grass one last time because the weather just got a little better here in Michigan for a brief moment. Then we're supposed to get snow today. Uh, anyway, it is uh, November twenty fifth, twenty eighteen. This is podcast seven oh seven. This week, as we get closer to um, season two of Star Trek Discovery, I'm going to do what I say a, a quick rundown of probably about. Four more episodes. <laughs> I I really wanted to look at these individually, but I also wanted to look at them all kind of again prior to um, season two, which starts very soon, uh, less than two months away, uh, January seventeenth, uh, twenty nineteen, and which is coming up fast. And uh, I, I that's at least in the U.S. CBS All Access. I assume that's kind of a worldwide date, approximately, give or take. Uh, but um, but anyway, that I'm gonna I'm gonna do a, a quick rundown of the next bout. I covered two a few weeks ago, uh, the first two episodes, which again is sort of almost a pilot movie for the series, uh, and quite a bit different than the rest of the series. Uh, the series sort of almost has two, maybe even three distinct parts. That pilot, then it has kind of the first half or so, and then the second half. Um, but uh, we're going to cover about four more with a real quick rundown of those. Uh, so if you are not a Discovery fan and or don't want to be spoiled, if you haven't seen it, maybe, um, I, I would advise you this is probably not the podcast to listen to for um, I wouldn't want to do that for you because these this is a good show. Uh, and I've said that many times. Uh, I'll say it again throughout today's podcast for different reasons. But um, anyway, that is what I'm going to cover. We'll talk a little bit in the early part of the show about other things if you want to tune in for that and stop before I get to discovery. Uh, that's safe. That's a safe zone. It's a it's a safe, quiet zone. Not quiet. It's a special, special place for you. I don't know what. I'm in a weird mood, I think, today. It's sort of like uh, I had Wednesday off from work also, so I've had like five days at home pretty much. Well, one, we were out on Thanksgiving, but uh, and, and I don't have that much downtime usually from work, so it's a little weird. I like it, but it's, it, it, it's different, so let's just say that. So it puts me in a different sort of mental state, uh, calmer mental state, that's for sure. Anyway, I'm rambling. Let's, let's do this thing. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Treks in Sci-Fi podcast. Scotty, beat me up. Fascinating. Stand by to receive our transmission. Okay, folks, I'm back. And again, Rico, Trex and Sci-Fi. If you want to support the show, patreon.com forward slash Trex and Sci-Fi. That is very much appreciated. 
I, I keep saying this. I really want to revamp my uh, Patreon page with some new things. Uh, I'm hoping to do that. I think I'm going to try to dig into that. I'll have some time off for Christmas. So uh, I'm hoping to do that then and kind of end the year and start off 2019 with a little bit of few things there. I put up some recent stuff there. Uh, I try to, I'm trying to do more. I'm posting uh, some podcasts there as well, j- just to kind of, uh, well, to show people a little bit more about what I'm doing. But um, so, and then also treksf at gmail.com if you want to contact me. This show, if you're new to the show, it, you know, I've, um, I've been around a long time on the internets, on the internets, the tubes, and covered a lot of covered a lot of ground in 707. Did I say it at the beginning? This is podcast 707. I think I did. Oh my goodness. Uh, terrible amateur hour here. Um, you know, I covered a lot of Star Trek, Star Wars and, and every, and, and a lot of other things. Uh, there are a lot of shows and podcasts out there that really focus on kind of one thing. And I, I did Trek. I did that, uh, early on with Trek, uh, quite a bit. But I, I've always loved science fiction and fantasy, so it was very hard for me to stay inside that little box. I, I like a lot of different things, uh, and in the in the geek world. So I, I hope this is, um, you know, I hope that's why you guys have stayed tuned. If you've listened for a long time, I have a wide range of tastes. Let's say, and a wide range of uh, movies, television. Uh, I get accused sometimes of liking too much. Although <laughs> the more I think about it. I didn't really like the, this most recent uh, Fantastic Beasts movie all that much. I, I don't want to down on it too bad because probably a lot of people haven't seen it yet. Um, but I, I just kind of feel like it, 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 it. there's not a, a whole lot of meat on the bone for that. Uh, I saw it last weekend. Uh, I'm not going to spoil it. I mean, it's still fun if you like Harry Potter. I mean, of course, go see it if, you'll, if you're a Harry Potter fan uh, of that franchise. Of course, it really doesn't have anything to do with Harry Potter anymore. These movies are set before Harry Potter, uh, and, uh, you know, it's it's a different thing, and they're supposedly doing five of these. There's two so far. Uh, so, yeah, so there's that. Um, it looks like maybe I'm a little low here. I'm going to dial up the sound. Little low. Um, yeah, I don't know. It was um, very much sort of a, a middle movie kind of a thing. Uh, so, but... Um, Anyway, that uh, I feel like I've said that word too many times already. Uh, so there, this weekend, there were other movies that came out that I really was thinking of going to see. But uh, I get into this thing when I'm home where I don't really want to go out. I, 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 I've said this other times on the podcast, but I have a busy job. I travel. I drive around a lot to- around town at meetings. So my, you know, just quiet away from all that, uh, you know, so it takes me more maybe to go out, although... Um, I do like to go see the movies or go like go out to the movies. I was thinking it's not a geek movie, but I, I do like the Rocky franchise and the Rocky movies. I was going to go see Creed 2 or thinking about that. And I was also thinking of seeing that new Robin Hood movie, which looks kind of OK, um, you know, but I'm kind of a sucker for Robin Hood uh, and uh, that kind of thing. But but both of them, uh, Creed 2, I think I'm more interested in in seeing out at the movies. But I didn't. I've been trying to catch up on um movies and TV at home a little bit. Uh, I watched the the final Maze Runner movie last night. I finally watched that, which that franchise, it's okay. I thought the final movie wasn't as interesting as the first two. Um, 
it kind of has that sort of end of the, you know, like uh, the last movie of Hunger Games. I, you know, there's the final, you know, the speaking back on the Harry Potter thing, the Harry Potter franchise and the in the final book and the final double, you know, two movies that they did. That's one of the the few times where I feel like they really ended it in a in a in a good, you know, both spectacular way but satisfying way. Endings I think are hard for movies and 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 books and television and a lot of things. I, I think you have to be very uh, you have to know what your ending is going to be, kind of. I think when you set out a little bit, um, that's why I'm a, I, I'm both happy, excited, and, and a little bit scared. Although I, I I have high hopes. You know, we're getting Game of Thrones back starting in April. Is it just six episodes to finish off the series? And, and I'm sure they're going to be like amazing. And uh, but it, it's it's also a little bit like, is it going to be satisfying for everything that that series has been about? I don't know. Maybe. Um, so what else have I been watching my normal shows that I talk about, um, most weeks when I do the podcast, if I don't have a guest here, if I'm doing it, uh, the CW shows we're heading, we're getting close in another two weeks, two and a half weeks. Uh, we're going to have, um, the week of like December, I think it's December. Let me see one, two, December 9th, 8th, 9th, um, they're going to be, uh, the, the crossover with Supergirl, Flash and Arrow, uh, which is this sort of Elseworlds tale. They've been advertising it a little bit. There's been some photos online. It looks a lot of, like a lot of fun. They've done these crossovers for this series, these series for the last few years. This year, they're not having any of the Legends of Tomorrow in it. Um, they uh, they wanted to keep it just a little bit smaller, and that's fine. I, I, that'll be it'll still be a lot of fun. It looks great. It looks like it's going to be great. I should say. Uh, so those shows this year, I don't know. I, I I've they're all. I think I'm like I, I still love the Flash. Both Arrow and uh, Supergirl to me are eh, they're okay this season. Arrow's getting a little bit better as it's going on. Supergirl, um, not to spoil it, but uh, the the storyline this year I don't know I feel is a little too let's say related to things going on in the world PC and that and and it's a little hitting us over the head a bit. I also have trouble swallowing a little bit what's going on. I mean, these are fantasy and sci-fi type shows, so to say that is always a little weird, but I still watch it. I like it. I I, I do like uh, Melissa as Supergirl, Melissa Benoist. Is that how you say her name? Benoist? Something like that. Um, I heard it's like moist, but Benoist. Yeah. Um, Anyway, uh, she's. I really feel that she's really good as Supergirl. I think she does a good job. Uh, she's not too um, smarmy, or it, it, it's a tricky role, you know. Playing Superman, Supergirl, those characters, I feel, are is is a tricky thing to do. But um, yeah, it's a fun episode each week or, or show to watch each week. Uh, what else? Let's see. I gotta I, I gotta get back to my Marvel Netflix shows. Daredevil and Iron Fist have new seasons there that I have not. I have not started either one, and uh, I feel bad about that. I, I do. I feel bad. <laughs> I feel like I, I should be on top of that more. But there's, again, gosh, so much, so much to watch. Too much, too much. Um, are you guys watching that Star Wars Resistance uh, cartoon a- animated show, that new Star Wars animated? 
that that again is also I, I keep hoping it to get a little bit notch up a bit. There's a few things going on. I, I'm catching or I, I'm keeping up on it, uh, but uh, it's not it's not that um, I don't know. I, it's it's not that fantastic to me. Um, did you also hear? Did did I read this correctly? That speaking of Star Wars, that maybe some of the Star Wars Rebels characters might show up in the next uh, Star Wars movie, the live action movie. I mean, they had a they had they've done that a little bit, um, or something, or 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 would they be too old? I don't know. Or or, or is it the next cartoon? No, maybe it's the li- one of the live action shows. Uh, oh yeah, there, there's two live action shows: The Mandalorian. And then the other one with Cassian from Rogue One, uh, they're gonna, they're going to do, and they're doing what two other movie franchises for Star Wars, uh, in continuing the animated stuff. So, you know, there was this talk after the Han Solo movie didn't do super great at the box office, even though it's a really a fun movie. I feel, and a lot of people that I've talked to, everyone that I've seen it, I haven't heard one person that that saw it that didn't enjoy it, uh, but. There was talk that they were going to kind of slow down the franchise, slow down Star Wars a bit, and I don't think that's really going to be true. I mean, for the next year or so, it'll feel a little bit like that. We're heading into 2019, and we don't get – there's no Star Wars movie this Christmas. Uh, the um, We won't be getting one till next Christmas, the final movie, which I'm I'm rumoring – rumors about that are that the, the trailer – or not trailer, uh, sorry, the title – the title for the last episode, um, episode nine movie, is going to be maybe out in a few weeks, a couple of weeks, I've heard. Um, there's all kinds of rumors about that movie, you know, what's going to happen, and is Luke going to be back somehow? Is he going to, you know, what, what's going on? I mean, there's just, it, it's just rumor, 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 rumor. <laughs> of course, with what happened with The Last Jedi, I think they're they're trying to be careful, cautious, whatever. I'm hoping to still go to Star Wars Celebration uh, in Chicago in April. I think that is probably just like they did with this celebration. It'll be two years prior to that, I think. is it? I think that's right because they skipped a year. Um, I don't think Star Wars Celebration is really every year anyway. Uh, but they're, that's probably when we're going to get the first um, final Episode Nine trailer. Not final trailer, but... Um, final episode movie at least as we know right now episode nine trailer the first one we'll probably be getting at that um convention i think that's uh that's probably true we might get a little teaser of some kind before that maybe who knows they've had they've given themselves a little longer to to do this movie than they originally i think way way back it was originally going to be coming out in the in the may time frame like may of this coming year which I, I, I think they've, uh, I think for different reasons. I think one, I, I, even though they tried, they put the Han Solo movie out in the spring, they, I think they've feel, been feeling that these movies come out at the holidays is better. Plus, springtime is really, really a, a, a jumble. I, I believe the Han Solo movie was affected by other big movies being out. Um, and of course, we have the next follow up to Infinity War coming out in probably at the very end of April or early May. Um, might be some advanced showings in in the end of April. Uh, speaking of advanced showings, if you're an Amazon Prime member, did you guys all hear that um, you can see Aquaman like five, six days earlier than than the average person? December 15th showings, I think, if you're an Amazon Prime member. I've got tickets for the opening day, the 21st, with my um, son and his wife 
We've got tickets to go see it then. I was, I might go still on the 15th by myself. I don't know. Maybe just going to wait to see it with them on the 21st uh, of December. That'll be okay. That movie, I'm not that concerned about um, having any spoilers, really. Star Wars, Star Trek, uh, those are probably the only movies that I'd be, I'd worry about seeing, like, not seeing it right away and and getting some kind of spoiler thing happen. Um, the other ones, the even the Marvel movies, the, the DC movies, Marvel movies, I'm a little bit, I probably lean on, into getting those earlier too, but most of the rest of the films out there, I, it doesn't bother me too much. I don't like spoilers. I don't want to be spoiled, but if I, if I hear a little thing, it wouldn't bother me like, oh, Luke's back and, you know, or whatever, you know, but, uh, so I, I'm not worried if I don't see it five days earlier or whatever, like you can with Amazon Prime. Uh, what else did I want to talk about in the world of geeky stuff? Nah, not too much. There's a lot of, uh, this is a time of year where, you know, there's, you know, we're getting the holiday movies and, uh, the, to me, the big one is, uh, we've got the, the, um, Aquaman movie is probably what I'm looking forward to the most over the holidays to see that. Uh, I mean, it looks really good. Jason Momoa, I think is great. Uh, he's a fun guy to watch on screen. So, uh, I think it'll be good. I, oh, I, I should talk about this new prop. Um, there's a prop maker called Richard Coyle. Brian, uh, my buddy Brian, uh, knows him because actually they both live, I think, in Arizona, both of them. And um, he's he's just an expert prop guy. He does a lot of um, type of uh, sci-fi type props. Anyway, um, I've wanted for years to have, <clears throat> excuse me, the original Lost in Space TV show besides Star Trek was one of those shows I watched reruns of as a little kid over and over again. And and while it's goofy in parts, it had some cool, um, it had a cool ship, the Jupiter 2, and it had some cool props, and they had cool costumes and music. Anyway, uh, I've wanted the, um, the uh, a replica, a prop replica of the little laser blaster pistol thing that they used on the show. There were two different styles, actually. In seasons one and two, they used a gun that was uh, built off of an old Remco toy uh, with some added little things to it um, that looks very much like your classic, like kind of almost Buck Rogers ray gun kind of a thing. I put uh, I put a some pictures in a little video I did up on the Facebook, Trex and Sci-Fi Facebook group and on my Instagram page. If you want to follow me on Instagram, by the way, I'm, it's Rico, uh, R-I-C-O underscore D for my last name, Dosti. So... Um, so I've been wanting this prop. Now I've looked at icons that the prop making company icons that was out or that was around years and years ago, uh, around the early two thousands, late 1990s, early two thousands. Um, they did a very small run and I didn't get one of that. It's pops up on eBay now. And then those things go for usually a thousand dollars or more. I have a kit. I have a kit. Uh, 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 what what's called a garage kit? A um, a molded uh, gun that's in pieces that I, I would need to you know clean up, assemble, paint. I have not had time to do that, but I do have a kit for this gun. But anyway, Richard was doing a, a small run of these again, and I've been talking to him for a while about this. He did a run a while back. I didn't get one of those. Anyway, this time I said I got to get one. And it came yesterday, and it is super cool. It, it it's uh, and I'm gonna 
I'm going to shoot it off here for you. You won't be able to see it, obviously, in the audio, but you'll hear the sound. So that is the uh, is a very that that's a very accurate uh, accurate uh, sound bite of the. It had a like almost crackling energy kind of a noise that the um, that those the little laser pistols that they had on the show did, and it would shoot out a beam, and you know whatever they were shooting at would get you know zapped or whatever you want to call it. Uh, but it's it's really really cool. Richard did a great job, and I highly recommend. You can find Richard Richard. Uh, I think his middle initial is A, but Richard Coyle C O Y L E. Uh, he has a Facebook page, and uh, or I don't know if it's a page or is just his his own personal friend. You got to friend him or something. But um, if you need any contact info, uh, I think it's R A C Props. Uh, is his email. Anyway, you can email me. I'll get you some info. They're not, um, I would say Richard does a great job, but these things are not cheap. Uh, so just, just be forewarned if you were interested in it all. And he does other things. I really want to get a original Battlestar Galactica colonial, um, blaster weapon thing that, um, I know he's done those before. That's probably next on my list. That's my, uh, uh, every collector out there has <clears throat> has a uh, like a wish list, and that, and that's been on my wish list for a long time too. So, very very cool, kind of an early uh, Christmas present from me to me. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, something I've always wanted. So, oh, one last thing I wanted to mention uh, this week is that um, did you guys hear the rumors about Jodie Whittaker, the new Doctor? Potentially, uh, and and the the guy, one of the guys, the guy running the show, I think, and writing now, I forget what his name is. Anyway, there's supposedly some rumors that they might not be back after the first um, year, or first season series of them. But uh, according to most people, they say, ah, this is just a bunch of rumors, and they always say this with Doctor Who. I, I don't know. This one seems more out there than I've heard with previous Doctors. Like I don't remember ever hearing this with. I really don't remember hearing about it with Matt Smith. Or, or um, David Tennant, uh, that they, you know, after the first season or series that they were potentially going to be gone. Uh, Christopher Eccleston, uh, yeah, he was gone after their, their first season. And so people are thinking, well, maybe this is just uh, this is what they do. But and then they also have said, like, well, they've all signed contracts. And I'm like, yeah, contracts can be broken. Contracts don't mean you, you can't get out of them. I, I, I mean, <laughs> You might lose something, you might have to whatever, but it's just a piece of paper ultimately. And yeah, you got a contract, and it should, and it generally does keep things binding and 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 all that. But uh, contracts can be broken, so um, who knows? I, I think she's okay. I I have not really felt. I, I think she's really actually a good actress. I think she's a good doctor, but I feel like the writing so far has not been quite as strong as it was with the previous doctors, especially in their first years. Like I think Matt Smith, David Tennant, Peter Capaldi, I think they all came out of the gate, you know, and had really, really good, interesting seasons. This one just doesn't seem quite as intense. I'm also a little bit not, and I'm enjoying it. I like it, you know, don't get me wrong. Uh, I'm not really too keen on having her have uh, three different companions. I think it's a bit it, it, it creates a, well, it certainly takes a lot less of the emphasis on the doctor, right? You've got three other characters you got to deal with a little bit too. So 
I, I wonder if by the end of the, the season, the series uh, with her, this first run, if one or two of those are going to go away and she's going to left with one, I, I don't know. None of them actually, in my opinion, seem particularly strong. I think maybe Yaz, the, the girl, the cop, um, I think she might be the best, in my opinion, maybe have two women. A comp- you know, the doctor is a woman now and, and her companion a woman. I think that might be an interesting dynamic um, to, to uh, continue with. I think that would be out of the three. I think that's the one I would pick. Uh, but we'll see what happens. I- I'm enjoying it. And uh, I just wanted to mention that. All right. We're, we're like 23 or four minutes into the show already. I really got a break here. We're going to take a short break. I'm going to come back and try to really briefly go through these Star Trek Discovery, um, about four more episodes in series season one. Hey, this is Larry Nimichek, the uh, <laughs> the mayor of Trekland, and you're listening to Rico on Treks and Sci-Fi. All right, I'm back. Uh, all right, so let's get into Star Trek Discovery, uh, the meat of uh, the early part of season one. The, the next episode after the two-episode kind of pilots uh, is called Context is for Kings. And well, I gotta uh, announce and say I, I do like the way they, uh, the way they, uh, the episode titles for this series. I think they're very uh, f- cool and 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 they have that kind of multiple meaning thing to them. And it, it's just I like I like the titles. Um, this episode uh, was number three in the series. Uh, it first aired on October first, twenty seventeen. Uh, the story was by Brian Fuller, Gretchen Berg, and Aaron Harberts, uh, directed by Akiva Goldsman. Uh, the this episode is basically Burnham. You know, oh, by the way, uh, spoiler alert: we're going to get into some deep uh, discovery talk here. So, <laughs> just so you guys, I, I said it at the very beginning of the podcast, but uh, yeah, so you've been warned. Bleep 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 bleep. Spoiler warning. There's my spoiler warning. Um, patent pending <laughs> okay um context is for kings we have burnham now basically being accused of not uh, you know been found guilty of these charges of mutiny and other things and I, I i still always felt like you know she was trying to save them and yeah she disobeyed some orders but holy cow you know how many times did kirk disobey orders or, or other characters and um i don't really blame her for the war uh, I, I've never really quite got that uh, exactly, but it uh, doesn't matter. So it's been about, it's basically, this is about six months after the start of the, uh, the war with the, uh, between the Federation of Planets, uh, between Starfleet and the Klingon Empire. She was court-martialed and she's sent to prison and she's, um, she's on this little shuttle at the beginning of this episode and, uh, the uh, you can tell right off, uh, and you know again, Sinequa Martin Green. I I, I cannot uh, commend and and say enough about how great she is in in Star Trek Discovery. I, I think Michael Burnham, even though I, I guess I've gotten used to her being called Michael, I I, I just I feel still that it's goofy. <laughs> I just I just feel it's goofy. I I, I mean it really. I, I get okay. There are a lot of names out there. Chris is an example. And in the future, maybe Michael becomes uh, a, a very common name for women, too. Uh, but, you know, you got a lot of other names you could choose, right? Like, what were you trying to were you trying to make her, you know, 
like, oh, look, she's a woman and she's totally capable. And not only that, we've given her a guy's name. You know, I think that to turn it on its head, I, I turn turn this whole thing on its head a little bit. I would have given her a very kind of like girl type name, you know, woman type name, you know, color, color. I don't know what what would be one um, like Tilly, for example. Uh, you know, you, you want to give give somebody like a like a like a kind of a, a you know or Buffy. You know, th- that's that's a good example. That that's probably the best example. You know, Joss, Joss Whedon, well, you know, it, it's, it, you know, you, you call a character Buffy, you think she's going to be this goofy little cheerleader, and she's out killing bad guys and vampires and bad monsters and stuff. So that that's the kind of thing I like. But all right, I, I went way too off on the name thing. Well, I'm, I'm totally over it, though, by the way. It's fine. Um, as Chris, Chris, my buddy Chris would say, it's fine. It's fine. Uh but yeah, at the beginning of this episode, she's in this shuttle. She's a prisoner. She's she's very uh, like accepting of her fate in a way. She's like, uh, you know, all right, I'm just going to be in like prison for the rest of my life or whatever. Who cares? Um, but quickly, of course, things happen. And and she in this episode, she's pulled onto uh, Discovery. And, you know, immediately now we finally the show is called Star Trek Discovery. And in the first two episodes, we didn't have any hint about what Discovery was, right? We didn't, we weren't on the Discovery. Uh, we were on the Shenzo. So, um, yeah, so now we're on the Discovery f- with Captain Gabriel Lorca. I'm going to play here. Uh, after the uh, first two episodes, they had a, um, this is a preview for this episode for Context is for Kings. And it's kind of a general preview for uh, the, the season one to a degree. There's a little bits of things in here, but uh, it's about a uh, one minute and 54 seconds. I'll, I'll play this for you guys and I'll be back and we'll talk a little bit more about context is for Kings and then in, into a few of the other episodes here. So listen to this and I'll be right back. You know who that is? That's Michael Burnham. The mutineer. And the flesh. Eight thousand dead in the first two days of war. Eight thousand one hundred and eighty-six. Welcome to Discovery. I'm Captain Gabriel Lorcan. Captain, what am I doing on this ship? I have something on deck that requires every trained mind available. What the hell is going on on this ship? Burnham is viewed by many as the cause of our conflict. This does nothing for morale. My ship, my way. You're a valuable asset, but you are dangerous. Shields up! Firing main phasers. You seek to destroy the Klingon Empire. But glory must be earned through sacrifice. Have you ever bothered to look out of your spaceships at the little guys below? Go! There's a lot more of us down there than there are you up here. We're sick and tired of getting caught in your crossfire. I think about what happened all the time. And I'm hurt. But there's hope. We must win the war, but that's just the beginning. 
imagine the possibilities. So there, there's a trailer there for the first episode, or that not first, but uh, context is for Kings, the first episode after the first two, I, I should say the prologue episodes, and then also a little bit of teasing for future ones. You see a little and hear a little Harry Mudd, who's great. Uh, I, I want to see more of him in, in season two. Uh, but but the main point of this episode is it gets Burnham on Discovery. She meets Lorca. She meets Tilly. She meets Stamets. Uh, she meets most of the main cast, most of the main characters. Uh, Saru is there. Uh, there's this relationship with Tilly pretty quickly starts to happen. We, we meet this mycelian uh, network guy, you know, with uh, Paul Stamets, uh, very, um, who's very kind of grumpy, basically, because they've taken Discovery, a science vessel, and turned it into this warship uh, Lorca has. Uh, of course, later on, we learn Lorca is, we learn Lorca is not all that he is, um, uh, we think he is, uh, and and there, there's a lot to that, and, and I think it's handled well. And it's interesting to look back at these episodes now with that information. We also have um, Landry, the security officer, who's great. Um, apparently, there were some changes made. Uh, she's very loyal to Lorca, uh, but I guess some they made some changes in the relationship between the two. It was going to be they were going to show them basically that they had a had a you know. A relationship, we're sleeping together, and that right in the episode, uh, you know, show that, and it all, all it really we get is that they're, you know, th that she cares for Lorca, that she'll do pretty much anything he asks of her, and and uh, so yeah, there's a lot going on here, and then they, uh, you know, the 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 sort of plot type device of this episode is is the Glen, they find this discovery uh, type, sorry, not discovery, Shenzo. Um, uh, they find a, uh, same class of ship as, 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 uh, Burnham's old ship, uh, and Giorgio's old ship, uh, is, is out there and they go investigate it. That's where they get the tardigrade, uh, which sets up the, a lot of the whole season, right? To learn how to control and manipulate this network, uh, that allows the, um, the mycelian network to basically allow discovery to almost instantaneously, um, travel from one point of the galaxy to to another, and also eventually one point of um, our universe to a different universe. Uh, so there's that too. Uh, another way to travel to alternate universes, right? Uh, but uh, yeah, there's a lot in this episode. I, I like it uh, quite a bit. It's a good way. I think they do a good job of introducing the characters. I think they're they're solid. I think the actors. Uh, you know, I've. We, we, I know when we did a one of those group talks and wrap-ups of Discovery for the season, first season was that one of the points a lot of people said, and I certainly uh, agreed with it, was that th this is a very strong first season for a Star Trek uh, series. I, I, I think uh, people agree things like TNG, um, Enterprise, Deep Space Nine, maybe not so much, a little bit, but, but most other Star Trek series, the original series certainly wasn't. Uh, didn't fall into this. I think, frankly, the first season of, of the original Star Trek is some of the best Star Trek ever. Um, but um, the this this season, though, being the first season, is super, super strong. I mean, they pulled out a lot of stops. I, some of that, I think, is they were really trying to go for broke somewhat. 
uh, because uh, they were on this new CBS All Access thing. They they did a lot of things here that they may have held off on for other seasons if it was a regular Star Trek TV show, maybe. Uh, but I think there's a different way of doing television these days. I think with all the other networks, things like HBO, Game of Thrones, you know, Netflix series, I think... I, I think there's much more show, shows jump out of the gate a lot quicker and and have a lot more going on early on to capture viewers. I think it's harder to capture viewers these days. So I think they do need to do some. And I, it's not just like grandiose spectacle for for that sake. I mean, there's reasons for it. So uh, I, but again, a good episode. So let's get into uh, next one. The next one uh, on the list is oh one of the long title episodes here we go <laughs> this one call is called the butcher's knife cares not for the lamb's cry episode four uh of uh star trek discovery this first aired on october 8th 2017 keep in mind remember that um discovery unlike some netflix shows and stuff like that they're doing this with the titan show on dc universe which is still great by the way if you like uh, comics in, in that. You should be watching that. Uh, but they were releasing these, and season two is going to be the same way, uh, one a week. Um, so, And I think even in other places of the world where you, you see these on Netflix, they don't release them all at once. I, I know that's the case. So uh, I, I like this much better than a, a dropping a whole season. It's much easier for me to find 45 minutes and sit down and watch one episode a week than to sit down and watch 12 or 13 or more episodes of a new Netflix show. I can watch one. I'll watch one a week is the way I do it when I did, when I get the time to watch uh, a new series. All right. Uh, this one, this uh, was written by Jesse Alexander and Aaron L.A. Colette, Coletti, uh, directed by Otundi Asanami. I, I can't say that guy's name. He's been on After Trek. I'll mention probably After Trek a few uh, with Matt Myra. Uh, a few times during this. I don't know. I don't know if it's, has it been officially announced if that show is coming back? I think it, it is coming back. I think Matt Myra will still be doing it, but I've heard that they've changed it somewhat or, or whatever. I, I don't know. There hasn't been a, a whole lot of, uh, a whole lot of talk. Let me see if I can, uh, I wonder if, um, I'm trying to, uh, hang on. I'm going to pause this here for a second. Yeah, all it seems to basically say is what I already said, which is they're re like rejiggering or reimagining the After Trek show. I'm assuming it's still gonna be with Matt Myra, probably. I, the guy doesn't bother me. I know he can become a, or he, he can come off as a little too fan, um, you know, smarmy and not smarmy, but um, eh, just just being a little too like goofy. I don't know how to describe it. I, I don't mind him. Once I got used to him a little bit, it was fine. So, um, the, again, this episode four, butcher, The Butcher's Knife Cares Not for the Lamb's Cry. Here is a trailer preview for this one. Discovery is no longer a science vessel. It's a warship. If we're going to win this thing, we have one chance to get it right. We received a distress signal. I told you we'd be ready when you called, and we are. Go. Open containment plan's not a good idea. Collision is imminent. Shields up! I'm sorry. Star Trek Discovery. New episode Sundays. Yeah, so, th so this episode is... Uh, there's some interesting things in this one. A few things to point out. Uh, 
uh, or Lorca's, you know, running battle simulations, trying to get Discovery ready for battle. They're still trying to work out the spore drive thing with the, the help eventually of the tardigrade. Uh, and and there's this colony, uh, Corvin 2, is that how you say it? I think Corvin 2, that's uh, in trouble. And, and the only way to save them, basically, is for Discovery to jump there uh, and, and do that. So, um, yeah, a lot of things going on. Uh, the other thing that happens in this episode, spoiler, but um, the uh, security officer Landry gets gets attacked by the tardigrade and killed. Uh, so, but she's gone, <laughs> at least for now. Uh, we will see her sort of in a way again later on, right? Uh, but um, and a, a few other things get commented on. Uh, there's a little bit of Klingon stuff in here uh, with um, with Voke and talking about uh and laurel and talking about eating Giorgio's body you know they were starving out there stuck out there um the other thing that another little cool thing in this episode is at the very beginning of it uh, burnham's getting a her uniform um replicated or whatever you call it and, and we get to see that sort of at a molecular level for the first time see we get to see a uh, a uniform synthesis taking place which was super cool i thought uh, a neat little thing uh we get to see saru's threat gang ganglia going off in this episode uh you know some battle simula simulations we get to see Lorca's little weird menagerie that he's got <laughs> that is cool uh there's a lot of things in there some things you know that have not technically been seen yet in star trek like history but and again spoiler uh i don't know why i keep mentioning that because I, I sure hope everyone but Lorca is not from around here not from our galaxy and not from our universe so the continuity stuff you know like there's a Gorn some of a Gorn there a Horda and all that 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 doesn't get really seen in Star Trek uh you know in the timeline until the original series and remember that that discovery is set about 10 years before the original series so, yeah, a lot going on. Uh, we've got the, the, the second longest title in, in Star Trek history here, too, with this episode. Uh, the Butcher's Knife Cares Not for the Lamb's Cry, um, which basically is sort of, to me, a play on, like, you know, this is a science vessel, but we don't care. This is a war. We need to do what we need to do. Um, and, and, and it has other little meanings too, but, um, yeah, the, the longest title is from the original Star Trek series, uh, for the world is hollow and I have touched the sky. That's the, uh, the, the longest, this one's just a, uh, what a word length less or something like that. But, um, yeah, good episode. Um, I mean, they're all good. They're all fun uh, in their, in their own way. All right. Next up we have choose your pain. Choose your pain. I don't want to have any pain. I, I don't like pain. So so this one is where we first, I think, meet Harry Mudd, uh, and which is which is cool and fun. Uh, this this one is story by Gretchen Berg, Aaron Harberts, and Kemp Powers, directed by Lee Rose, and let's see, when did it first air? October fifteenth, twenty seventeen. So here is a little bit of a, a trailer, short trailer for Choose Your Pain. Warning, Klingon, tractor beam engaged. Captain Lorca was captured. We will find him. Where are we? A Klingon prison vessel. Prepare to jump. I don't know how much more the creature can sustain. I gave you an order. You seek glory. 
But glory must be earned through sacrifice. Stick with me. I'm a survivor just like you. Star Trek Discovery. New episode Sundays. This episode of uh, Discovery, episode five, Choose Your Pain, there was a little preview for it. A uh, couple things of this episode that's um, obviously the the biggie is we get to we get to meet Harry Mudd technically for the first time, although we know him from Roger C. Carmel's performance in the original series. But this is in the timeline again. It is is an earlier, younger version of of Harry Mudd. Here he's on this Klingon prison ship. Um, that um, they they get a hold of Lorca, and he's there with um, this new character Ash Tyler, another Starfleet officer that's that have been captured. Even though technically, you know, it's been said a few times in Star Trek history, the Klingons don't take prisoners. Uh, obviously, they make exceptions, and that you know that I'm cool with that. I mean, I, I mean, it's war; they need to learn things. It it, it doesn't. I always look at it like this. It's like, wouldn't you want if you got a high ranking, you got you get a Starfleet captain, you're just going to kill him. You're not going to try to learn things from him. That's ridiculous, right? It's a it's a war. Uh, I I mean, <laughs> it's in general like if if they were you know on a battle on a on a ship to ship or a planet or whatever, and there was like hundreds of people they were going to take prisoner. They probably wouldn't do that to Klingons. They'd probably wipe most of them out and grab a few select uh, select ones to, to interrogate. But the the idea of not taking any kind of a prisoner to to learn things from is, uh, it, it just doesn't make any sense. So uh, so I was cool with that. Um, so, we, you know, again, most of this episode is, there's two things going on. Uh, a lot of it's, uh, we get to see Saru trying to become captain in, in the in place of Lorca being gone uh so he's kind of stretching his wings a little bit there's some friction between him and uh Michael Burnham they they need of course the spore drive stills you know kind of like you know hitting it with a wrench you know every every week for a while uh, they, they gotta you know work on that spore drive thing we get to uh we learn about Culber, uh, the the medical uh, you know guy chief, chief he's chief medical officer right so uh, uh we um we get to see that he and Stamets are in a relationship. So this is the first time there's been a gay, you know, relationship depicted um, between, you know, characters, really regular characters on Star Trek. It's been done a little bit here and there. TNG touched on it. Um, but um, and they did in Deep Space Nine a little bit. Right. And uh, I'm trying to think if they ever did in Voyager or um, Enterprise. Uh, can't can't recall right off the top of my head. But um, um we get to see some of the relationship between, uh, you know, with Cornwell and and um, Lorca a little bit. The, um, you know, there's this relationship that they've known each other for a long time. I think Cornwell's worried about Lorca a little bit, but I, I like the fact that that Lorca doesn't really, frankly, care what what Admiral Cornwell says or thinks of him you know he just doesn't care um it, you know his superior does it just doesn't doesn't phase him at all uh you know he at this stage and and i stated this during when discovery was airing you know before we learned that he's from a different universe but i said i really like Lorca actually because this is wartime and, and he's pulling out all the stops he's doing everything he can to to save the you know save the federation from the klingons and does he get his hands kind of dirty? Does he do some questionable things? Yes. Uh, but it's, again, war. And I, and I kind of feel like he's very 
because of course I love Kirk, so I feel like he's kind of Kirk-like in that, you know, where where Kirk Kirk would probably be pretty similar to this. I don't think he quite be as quite as ruthless ruthless as as Lorca, uh, but but Kirk does does what he needs to do to get the job done, um, you know, damning the consequences kind of a thing. So uh, another thing that happens in this episode, a couple other little things. Um, the uh, there's a little profanity in this episode. They drop the f bomb. Uh, at least I think it's just once maybe. Um, and so the, um, uh, that got in a little bit of trouble in certain other countries. I guess I'm reading here a little bit about Canada, uh, where it was, I think, airing on the space channel. Uh, cause I guess they didn't realize that ahead of time. Maybe and didn't warn enough about it. I, I don't know why that's the case. Don't these people have to, isn't, isn't everything that's broadcast on broadcast television always have to be reviewed somehow, or do they just believe what people tell them? I don't know. I guess I've always thought that somebody sits down in a room and he, and he ba- basically watches episodes uh, of television and then, and then determines that this has strong, you know, language or violence or sexual situations and puts a little tags up there. Um, I, I mean, doesn't that, that's the way movies work, certainly. Movies are all reviewed and rated. Uh, so it, it surprises me a little bit that something slips by like that. I don't know. I don't know the process. Maybe Canada just believes everybody. They're so nice. Oh, Joe, yes, I'm talking about you. So, uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, so this this episode, Choose Your Pain, the, the idea he is here, the, um, uh, when they're captured on the Klingon ship, they can choose to get pain for themselves or others that they're being held with. So there's a little psychology thing going on here. Um, one little side note is the um, the uh, the little creature thing, the little that uh, Harry Mudd has um, got his name changed to Stuart, uh, and that was a little play on. Uh, there's a character named Stuart on the Big Bang Theory, and I guess somebody's a big fan of that show. They were going to call the little the little creature Bugsy, uh, but they renamed him to Stuart. Uh, who's the comic shop uh, owner on the Big Bang Theory. So I thought that was kind of cute. I didn't realize that until I'm reading some of this stuff here. Uh, but yeah, good episode. Uh, and let's do let's do one more. Uh, let's do Lethe. Is that how you say this one? Uh, this was, let me, I'm pulling it up here on memory, good old memory alpha. Lethe, this episode was... Oh yeah, this is this this is the Sarek episode where um, where he's hurt, I think, and they need to find him. Um, but um, yeah, this one's number six in the series. First aired October twenty second, twenty seventeen. This is uh, written by Joe Minoski and Ted Sullivan. Ted Sullivan becomes a pretty regular writer of uh, various Discovery episodes, directed by Douglas Aronowski. I think that's how you say his name. It looks like. Pretty close to that. Um, okay, so let me play a uh, short preview for uh, this one, Lethe, and uh, I'll be right back. Michael, Michael, what's wrong? Okay. He's in trouble. He might be dying. His ship is lost in a nebula. We go in with the shuttle. Flying with nothing but hope and a prayer. Are you really that crazy? Good to know. You launched an unauthorized rescue mission. I'm trying to win a war. And don't make enemies on your own side. Star Trek Discovery. New episode Sundays. All right. This episode of Star Trek Discovery Lethe uh, is number six, like I've already said, I think. And basically this episode is about a, um, 
uh, Sarek being in trouble. He's on this mission. He's get his shuttle gets caught in this nebula thingy, of course. And because um, there's been a mind meld, because Burnham and and Sarek Sarek is mind melded with Burnham, they have a connection sort of across the stars. And, and she knows when he's kind of, you know, he's dying, basically. Uh, this episode also features, in, notably, the uh, disco shirts, the disco t-shirts for your activewear, <laughs> for jogging through the corridors of Discovery, as Tilly and Burnham are doing at the beginning of this episode, which is cool. I, I, they have these, you know, short for Discovery, right? D-I-S-C-O, Discovery. Uh, disco. Uh, you, it makes you wonder if in the 23rd century, disco is still known, if it, if it's still remembered. <laughs> I don't know. But I like the shirt. I bought one, uh, and I, I thought it's kind of cool. And one little comment, a couple comments about that scene when they're when they're jogging. I get, apparently, that took like eight hours to film because they only have like 10 feet of corridor built, and they had to keep reusing it. Uh, and there's also a little bit of music playing in the background during that um, during that jogging scene, and the uh, the music playing is like an alternate version of the uh, of the opening credit music for Discovery. So listen to that, watch it again, uh, and uh, this is the first time we get to see Discover or sorry Discovery. Uh, we, this is the first time we get to see Sarek in the flesh. We've seen him in holographic form. Uh, but we get to see him with Burnham. There's these flashbacks and things with him and, and Burnham on Vulcan doing some martial arts stuff. Uh, but um, and then uh, that gets shown here. Uh, yeah, it, it's a, we got some more Admiral Cornwell, uh, and uh, so it's um, it's a good episode. Uh, they they mentioned Constitution class starships like the Enterprise in this episode. Uh, we get to see Captain Lorca sit down in the captain's chair for the first time, uh, which uh, uh, I guess uh, Jason Isaacs made a point of saying, you know, Isaac is a very, sorry, um, Lorca he thought of as a very physical, very active character and captain. And therefore, um, he didn't want to be just sitting back in that captain's chair all the time, kind of like he's just chilling or whatever. So he always has Lorca on his feet quite a bit uh, throughout his time and uh, he does sit down in this one. And, it, you know, he does it now and then in, in other times, too. We get to see some more uh, Spock's mommy, Amanda, uh, in this. Uh, and this time is played by uh, Mia. What's her name? Mia Kirshner. Uh, so um, a lot of stuff going on here. I, it's a good episode. I, I like it quite a bit. Uh, I, I mean, I like all the episodes. Uh, and, again, there's there's more and more um character connections going on here oh we have ash tyler really showing up on discovery uh, uh and and this starts the sort of relationship between burnham and ash tyler uh and I, I i like i really like the scene at the in the early part of the episode where where tyler just shakes burnham's hand and basically says you know when he learns that oh you're the mutineer well i don't i don't really care about that i care about who you are now and who you are as a person and uh, it, I, I like that uh, quite a bit, and and it, it catches Burnham off guard, and I think that kind of sets up the, you know, the relationship and the fact that she sort of more or less basically falls in love with with Tyler, because he 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 accepts her, and and other reasons. So uh, so that's uh, I think I don't think I'm going to do any more. This is a good probably maybe a good break point. I don't know. 
Um, the next up is a great episode that I really was thinking about sliding in here. I'll do another one of these. I'll do at least one more of these, maybe two more of these uh, prior to... I, I'm going to try to get them all in before Season 2 starts. I think I'll have time. I'll do one more in December uh, and then do one in early January. That should cover the rest. We've got... Uh, Let's see, three, six, nine episodes. So I can do probably like four and five or something like that um, to cover the rest of the the season quickly. Uh, if you didn't know, uh, I thought I'd mention here also that Star Trek Discovery Season 1 is out on DVD and Blu-ray. Uh, and you can get your copy now if you want. There's some, I'm picking up my, uh, hang on a second here, reaching over. There are... Um, Let's see, there are some deleted scenes, some bloopers. Uh, what else do we got going here? Uh, the only thing that I don't think you get with the physical set, I don't think you get a... Uh, yeah, there's extended scenes, deleted scenes, promos, uh, 10 behind-the-scenes featurettes. You don't get, um, with the physical copy, you don't get any digital version of it. You know, a lot of movies you buy, you you can get a digital, you get a code or whatever, and you can download a digital copy of it. Um, but you don't do that. You don't get that here. So, uh, sorry, I had to stretch my legs if I moved out of the way, range of the, the mic for a second. Um, but that's the case with this. So, uh, I, I, yeah, I have digital versions. You can, I think you can get those on uh, a couple different places, iTunes, Amazon. Uh, obviously, you're going to do, do the... Uh, all access channel still. Oh, I, I should mention also the um, the short treks, right? That they've been doing uh, these two uh, two short treks so far uh, that have come out. There was one about two weeks ago or so. There have been two so far. There was Runaway, uh, which was last month, uh, which was cool. That one was basically Tilly in the episode, and about a stowaway, which is in the trailer and preview. The, the recent one was called Calypso. Really cool little uh, things. These are about 15 minutes long. Uh, there are going to be two more. Uh, there's one in December, I think December 9th or so, sometime that week or maybe the 7th. I don't know. Um, sometime early December. And then there'll be one more in early January um, prior to uh, Discovery coming back. So uh, yeah, check those out. Uh, if you if you do still have CBS All Access or some other way, if you're in a different country, to watch uh, Star Trek Discovery, those have been good. I really like Calypso a lot. Uh, it didn't actually feature any of the the, and you see this in the preview. It didn't feature any of um, any of the Discovery cast, the normal cast. They had a guest guest person, but when you see the episode, that it makes sense. So you'll you'll I won't say any more, uh, but. Um, all right, that's it, folks. Uh, next week should be a guest cast, uh, guest host here. Uh, I'm going to try to to line up something for that. I'll be back in a couple of weeks. I haven't worked out December's schedule yet, but I know I'm going to do another one of these shows for um, Discovery episodes, uh, probably around mid-December. I'll probably do another show. I'll definitely do a Christmas-type show right before Christmas, and yeah. So, everyone, enjoy your holiday shopping, your holiday decorating. If you celebrate the holidays, not everyone does, I know, that might be listening. But uh, whatever you do at this time of year, enjoy it. Uh, enjoy getting out and meeting people, seeing people. Somebody thing, Something I read recently about, um, oh, what, what, how did this come out? I don't know what the story was. 
But it was something about how, you know, geeks and nerds and Internet people and people on Facebook who are just on there, you know, that they're not like they, they can't they're the socially can't they can't interact with people. <laughs> I just every time I read that, I'm like, are we still talking like this? I, I mean, I, th- I think in this day and age, we're even more connected than ever. And I, I and, and I don't I don't believe this at all that I, I, I think basically technology has brought people closer together. And can, you know, it's one of those cases of it's like a nuclear power, you know, whatever. It's like, ah, use technology for good. I I, I mean, it certainly made me more outgoing, wanting to go meet, you know, some of the people who have listened to the podcast. I've made some great friends, gone to conventions more outside of Michigan. And it's it's great. And and, uh, I I don't don't know why people – yeah, it's just people on the Internet. People on the Internet are just – yeah, yeah, you're dumb. You're dumb. Whatever you like is dumb, you know, or whatever. They say it worse than that, right? So, it, but I won't do that. But uh, it's it's just let people enjoy what they enjoy, right? If you don't care for it, you don't. I mean, if you want to make a little comment and then move on, but don't keep harping on it, right? You know, try to let people enjoy what they enjoy. I always use the analogy and say, it's not like I jump on sports groups and sports forums and say, ah, football's dumb. I don't know why people will sit down and watch football every week or whatever. I don't, you know, that's fine. It's fine. So, all right. Soapbox off. Rico, get off your soapbox. Everyone, I hope this was enjoyable. Uh, A real quick rundown of like another four episodes of Star Trek Discovery. Uh, And again, the last thing I'll say on this topic is, I know, I know Discovery had a rocky kind of road and rocky start. Rocky road. I'm not really a rocky road ice cream fan. My Boy, my brain is like a cat's brain, you know. Ooh, mouse. Ooh, this. You know, I, it jumps around like a million times a minute. What did I hear something recently about how many how many thoughts that, that a human brain does per day? It was incredible. It was like tens of thousands of thoughts each day. It, it was really incredible. No wonder people can't relax and get a good night's sleep sometimes um but uh again if if you've not jumped into the discovery thing although i don't know why you've listened to this podcast till this point uh you'd you'd really give it a shot again i i still see people posting discovery stuff up now and people going ah discovery's dumb it's terrible oh worst trek ever and all that and i'm like i don't know what 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 do you want it's like star wars you know with the Last Jedi and stuff. I, I I think people are only some people. Some people. I, I need to say it that way. Some people are only happy with. Um, well, they're happy with complaining, but they think everything needs to be exactly for them, you know. And if it isn't for you, that's fine. Uh, again, but uh, give it a shot. So there. Okay, that's it. Uh, again, patreon.com forward slash treks and sci-fi much appreciated. Those who have continued to, um, support me through that very helpful. Uh, and I, I very much, very much appreciate you guys, uh, for that each month. So, um, take care everyone. Live long and prosper. May the force be with you. Read a comic and enjoy, enjoy this time of year. It's a, it's a stressful time for a lot of people for a lot of reasons, but I, I try to enjoy it and, uh, try to enjoy every day. So take care, watch some discovery on, on Blu-ray or, or whatever, and get caught up and, and, uh, rewatch for, uh, get ready for season two. And I'll talk to you again soon. Bye everyone.
This has been a Rico Dusty podcast production.